right. My name is uh, Michael. I'm one of the leaders here at Youth. And uh, before we get started, before we get going, I just want to make you guys uh, knowledgeable about a couple things that we got going on here at Youth. A couple things. One, tomorrow we have our talent show. All right. If you have a talent uh, or any kind of slight gifting, or maybe you're just like, mediocre at something, we want you, all right? So sign up uh, for the talent show. We have about uh, six or seven acts right now. We want about like 15, all right? So we need to double that stat. Stat means now. Go to our website and uh, register your act, your team. You can do a magic trick, maybe a bottle flip, maybe a song here or there, maybe a dance. I don't know, whatever y'all wanna do, you go and do it. And then if you are not someone who's like, I don't have any talents, like my talent is like, binge watching Netflix, then just come and just watch, all right? Just hang out with us for the night. Tomorrow night, seven o'clock at the Ministry Center, uh, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, Thursday, we have our drop-in at Surrey Christian Middle School. It's uh, basketball this week, so if you are a ball of shot caller, um, show up, and if you are bad at basketball, we love it, because then it makes me look better. All right, and uh, other than that, we got two more things. If you are in junior youth, we have our getaway, September, uh, August 28th to September 1st. We are uh, four people away from our goal, okay? We want four more people, and this thing is gonna be crazy pants, and uh, that's gonna be awesome. Uh, for seniors, we have opened registration September 15th to the 17th. We are off to Quanos for our senior youth retreat. It's going to be awesome. Uh, two last things, I swear to you. Uh, we, as youth ministry, want to put uh, more of a significant push into our kids' ministry, all right? You look at every other church, every other big, ginormo-faced church, and uh, the main volunteers in the kids' ministry are senior youth students. Ours and eh, not so much. So what we want to do is kind of change that culture. And we want to put more emphasis on you guys, us as a whole, serving in Village Kids. And so we have a couple opportunities. One, uh, Loft Country. It's the camp. It's a couple days uh, where we go to like straight up horse town Langley. All right. It's almost Seattle. You go there and uh, you volunteer for a couple days. You hang out with some horses. You hang out with some little kids. Make sure they don't eat their boogers and stuff. It's legit. Teach them about Jesus. It's awesome. It's one of the biggest things that we do at the church. It's an incredible time to be there. And then the second one is on Sunday mornings helping out with Village Kids. And uh, uh, the way you can do that is on August 27th, we are doing a first look. So basically, it's like a trial run of Village Kids. You sign up uh, at any of the locations. So cinema, if you guys go to the cinema and Langley North, if you guys go to Langley South or to Surrey North, Surrey South, you guys can uh, go and volunteer at those and you can see how it goes, right? You walk in, you look at one of the services or one of the rooms, see the teaching, you're like, oh my gosh. Um, you get to see the ginger up here do like kids dances. It's amazing. It's like, I wanna put it on YouTube and share it on Instagram. It's glorious. The ginger's just, it's vibing. Anyways, uh, you get to see that and uh, have a good time. And, uh, and we want you guys to be a part of that. So register for those. And if you have any questions, talk to me afterwards and we can make it happen. Um, Man, this series has been awesome. Going through the book of Genesis, we've, uh, we've gone through creation, we've gone through fall. Uh, last week, Dan Gillis came and gave the word about Noah. Right? How good was Dan Gillis? Give that guy a round of applause. He's legit, right? That hipster's around here somewhere. I don't know where he is, but he's here. All right, okay, and uh, so today we have uh, the amazing honor of uh, hearing from my good old friend, Zach. Zach, you can come on out. Um, 
Uh, this, uh, this good old lanky beauty here is one of the funniest people I've ever met. We've had some legit conversations on some drives talking about some craziness. And uh, the world is better because we have Zach here. And uh, you guys are so blessed to be able to hear from him tonight. He is just all kinds of goodness. Look at this outfit, all right? He comes to work today. He walks up to me and he goes, I'm not lying to you, man. I had to put a lot of thought into what I was going to wear for the youths, right? So that's y'all. He put some intentionality. Look at that outfit. Come on, let's give that a round of applause. It's a beautiful human being. I'm going to let him uh, introduce himself, but uh, one more time, let's just give it up for Zach. He is going to do an incredible job. Awesome. Thank you. What I love about Michael is nothing's in confidence. I told him as a secret, I was like, hey, I was kind of worried about what I wear because I don't really wear this stuff, but he's like, it's fine, I won't tell anyone. And then, look at this. Awesome, I'm so excited to be here. Man, you guys go hard at worship, that's awesome. I'm so excited to be here. Um, yeah, clap it out, I guess, whatever. Um, my name is Zach. Um, a little bit about me, I grew up right here in Cloverdale. I went to Lord Tweedsman High School. Some of you, yeah, shout out Lord Tweedsman. That's where I went. I graduated from there. Um, I have a wife, a beautiful wife. Her name is Lauren. You, <laughs> lots of shout outs, it's great. Um, you may recognize me if you've been around Village Kids at all. Um, I work at Village, I help to oversee some of that. If you don't recognize me from Village Kids, you may recognize me from the hit TV show, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I play Detective Jake Peralta. That's me. I'm just kidding, that's a joke. There's gonna be a couple jokes, so I need you guys paying attention tonight, okay? Okay, so that's a little bit about me, but tonight, this is the important stuff. We're gonna continue our series through Genesis. This is what we've been working through. For the past couple weeks, we've been working through this book, and this book, Genesis, is so important. It's the very beginning. It's kind of setting up the foundation in which, why are we here? The first week, we got to hear about creation and answer some big questions. Why are we here? What are we doing here? What's our purpose? And then we got to hear about death and sin and this separation from God. And then last week, my boy Dan Gillis, he talked about Noah. And this week, we're going to continue in, um, in Genesis, and we're going to talk about Abraham. And there's actually been kind of a shift from uh, chapter 11 uh, to chapter 12, this creation narrative up to the first 11 chapters, and then this redemptive story. It's this big redemptive story that actually continues through the Bible. So this is the very start of it. It's um, really important. So if you have one of these Bibles, we're going to be looking at it. There's some leaders with Bibles around. Please grab one. We're in Genesis. It's the first book of the Bible. We're going to start off in chapter 12. Before we do, let me pray, and then we'll get started. Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you that you are so awesome and that we can worship you and just have a blast here at youth. I ask that you'd be with us, that we'd be able to learn a little bit about you tonight, and that we just know you more after tonight, that we would just be able to understand who you are as a God just a little bit more tonight. In your glorious name, I pray. Amen. Okay, awesome. So like I said, open up your Bibles to chapter 12 of Genesis. We're going to look in the first verse right in chapter 12 in the Bible. It says, let me open it. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. So that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. 
and in him you, all the families of the earth, shall be blessed. So we see right here, there's God, and he's talking to this guy, Abram. You may have heard of Abraham before. He's a really big deal. He's like a celebrity of the Bible. This guy, Abram, is the exact same guy. Halfway through our story, we're going to see God's going to change his name from Abram to Abraham. So if I actually mix those up, just please forgive me about that. But you see here that God is calling Abram to do something. He says, go from your land. He's living in this place. He says, I want you to go from this land. And this call, it's so interesting. Um, sometimes on your phone, you get a phone call and somebody's name pops up and then you have a green button and a red button and you can either accept, say, yes, I want to talk to this person. You can decline. This is a call. And every time someone calls you, you have to make that decision. That's the exact same situation what's out here. God is calling Abram to do something. He says, are you going to accept or decline this? But then there's more. God says something is going to happen after this. He says, if you do this, then I will bless you. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who dishonor you. And then, this is the line that I want to hit. It says, I will bless all the families of the earth. Now, I have a question for you guys. Who lives on earth? Okay, like, okay, who lives on earth, guys? Like, there's one, couple aliens over there, and everyone else is good, okay? So this is actually, hey, wait a second, I'm of earth, but this is talking about all the families of the earth. So this is where it draws our attention to say, what's really going on here? How is this going to affect me? But this deal, it says, if you do this, then this will happen. This is kind of, you know, someone says something. I have this great friend, his name's Ryan, and he loves food. He's like the food king. Follow him on Instagram, Chef Ryan. Um, he loves food. And I'm very straight and narrow. I know what I like. I'll, I don't even need to look at a menu at any restaurant I go to. I just say, I'm getting this. But my friend Ryan loves food, and I trust Ryan. I have faith in Ryan. When I go to a restaurant with Ryan, he says, dude, you have to get this. And I just say yes, because I have faith in what he says. He's never let me down. If he did, I would stop trusting him. But this is faith. So when we have a calling from God, Abram says, do I have faith in what you say? Do I believe that if I do this thing, this thing will happen? Do I believe if I go from my land, you will bless me? So Abram actually does the good thing, we'll find out. And he actually says, okay, I will do it. So he leaves his land. And some of you guys have moved around a lot, and that's a hard thing to do. Um, I'm lucky, I've never moved anywhere, so I don't exactly know, but I've heard it can be hard, so he's finding friends and family. So he leaves from the land he's at to go to a new place. And when he gets there, it says they built an altar. And this word altar is weird, but it's kind of a remembrance of something. This is Abram being faithful, and this is a good thing. Abram is being faithful and remembering why he left in the first place. He, um, you know, and sometimes we get distracted in life. You know, sometimes we get super jacked up. Maybe you've come to youth one time, and you're like, I'm so jacked up, and then you leave and completely forget about it. Maybe you set goals for yourself. Maybe this is like you, September's coming around, and you're like, this year, all A's. That's what's going down. I'm getting my mama one of those bumper stickers. I'm a proud parent of honor student. I remember, that was my goal. I was like, mama, I'm going to make you proud. Then October runs around and you kind of slip. Then November and you're like, ah, I don't even think my mom loves me. It's not a big deal. Just whatever. I'll just forget about it. Maybe you're making goals. It's summer. You're like, I'm going to hit the gym every day. I'm going to get that beach bod. 
someone's like, hey, let's go McDonald's, you're like, I'll just be really nice to get the girls, it doesn't matter. See, we get distracted, right? We get really distracted really easily. But this remembering is so important. Um, I remember when I first heard about Jesus, I was so on fire, and I got distracted all the time. I'd get so busy with work or with friends, and then maybe my friends would go out to the bar and they'd go drinking, I'd get distracted. And it just frustrated me so much. I was like, I get so jacked up, and then two days later, I completely forget what it's all about, what's actually good for me. So what I did, I started writing verses. I started putting them all on my room. And right beside my bed frame, I wrote, fill your time with Jesus. That was so important to me. I was like, every second I have, I want to fill my time with Jesus. I needed to do this because I, I had no self-control. Um, but if, if this is you, if you leave tonight and you're like, you know what, Th that's maybe me. I kind of got distracted. I want to know what's good for me. I have a tip. Guys, I want you to do this. You need to do it together. You got these youth leaders around here. They love you. They are so jacked up that you're here, and they're so excited that you're here. They want to hang out with you. If you need them, go ask them. Go talk to them. Go have a conversation with them. And the other thing is if you're in high school and you, you got to do it together, and the one thing, there's some leaders in this room. I'm not talking about youth leaders now. I'm talking about some of you um, maybe older, grade 11, grade 12s. God's put it on your heart that you need to go out and ask some of your friends. Keep them accountable. We've, we're not in this alone. We're here together, and that's so important. All right, back to our story. We're in chapter 12, moving along. So Abram goes to this land. Then there's a drought, and then um, uh, there's, no, there's a famine. There's no water. There's no food. So he actually has to leave from that land, and he goes down to Egypt. And then in chapter 12, verse 11, it says, When he was about to, go to, when he was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarai, his wife, I know that you are a be woman, beautiful in appearance, shout out. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. And then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say you are my sister, that it may go well with me because of you, and that my life will be spared for your sake. So he's going down to Egypt, and because his wife, Sarai, she's been here for the very beginning. Just forgot to mention that, but shout out to her. She's been here the whole time, and she's so pretty that they're going to kill him because of that. Now, first of all, i got to give props to Abram. He's got a smoking hot wife. Check. That's cool. But the more important thing is what I want to talk about is, guys, some of you, none of you are married. If you're married, that's weird. Come talk to me after. Okay? <laughs> But none of you are married. Guys, I want to give you a tip. I just got married, and Michael's been married a little bit. We got married around the same time. Take this, put it in your back pocket. Never tell people your wife is your sister. That's totally weird. Don't do that, okay? This is just stupid. Abram's being stupid here, okay? He's going, he's like, hey, here's an idea. We'll tell people you're my sister. That's cool, right? And she's like, no. <laughs> if I told my wife that, she'd beat me up. <laughs> so this is what they do. And, and what happens here is the pharaoh in Egypt, he actually takes Sarai as his wife. And they get a whole thing. And then God comes with plagues and speaks to Pharaoh. He's like, yo, that's not your wife. <laughs> it's like, it's a whole mess. But you see, this, this is 
Abram trying to figure out what God has for him. This is life sometimes. It's all this messy stuff. And, you know, we look at the Bible. We got the Bible here. And um, it doesn't tell us exactly what to do and when to do it. You know, it tells us about God. That's what it is. And it tells us how he wants to live. It doesn't tell you exactly who you should date or what friends you should have or what clothes you should wear or how to be cool and how to, you know, what fidget spinner to buy and what scooter to ride or, I don't know, whatever. But, see, that's the problem. Sometimes our actions have consequences. And Abram made a mistake here. He, he told a lie to try to get out of a situation. And you know what? It ended up hurting him. See, this was something that they'd have to deal with. The text doesn't really say this, but you have to look at what's going on here. Is, you know, his wife went to someone else. This had consequences. You know, and, and we've all done something that hurts people. We've all done something that hurts someone. Maybe we're trying to do it for good, or maybe we're just being selfish, but then it ends up hurting someone. Um, you know, this was totally me. In high school, I, I loved high school. I actually really liked high school. Um, I started figuring out what I needed to do to get what I wanted. You know, I started just hanging out, doing whatever I want, skipping class, and then still getting good grades. And I just figured out, you know what, all I'm going to do in high school all I'm going to do in high school is whatever makes me happy. That was just my goal in high school. And I was like, felt like I was the king. I was at the top of my game. And then, you know, things started wearing down. I was like, you know what's going to make me happy? I'm going to get a girlfriend. So I did. I got a girlfriend. And then I saw another girl. I was like, you know what? Actually, I want her to be my girlfriend. So I got rid of this girlfriend. I got another girlfriend. Then I saw another girl. And I was like, I want her to be my girlfriend. But I still want her to be my girlfriend. I'll just have two girlfriends. Seriously, and I started dating around, and literally, I started cheating on these girls. It was funny at first, but then I made it real. Like, it wasn't funny. I started emotionally talking to these girls just to get whatever I wanted. And one day, you know, one night, I had a party, and a couple of these girls were there, and, you know, I see them there on the porch, and, and they started talking. I was like, oh, this can't be good. This can't be good at all. That was too hard of a lap. Okay. Um, so they're out there. I'm like, oh, this can't be good. Um, then they storm in and they come and they find me. It's like, hey, were you dating her? You said you were dating me. And it all blew up in my face. And all of a sudden, my house was fine. Everyone was having a good time. All of a sudden, it blew up. And everyone started yelling at each other. Oh, it's your fault. I hate you. No, she's right. She's wrong. Everyone started taking sides and yelling at each other. They were hating each other. And in that moment, I just had to stop and look at all what was going on. I was like, this is my fault. Everything that's happening right now is my fault. I just wanted to be happy. I just wanted to have a good time. Thought I'd do whatever I want. But I have to look at all this hatred, this screaming, friendships. These two girls are best friends. Never talked. To this day. I don't know. I don't know them anymore. But I'm, they weren't friends for like three years. But I seriously had to look, and all this is my fault. And Abram, as this thing happened, he had to look at this thing he did, and this consequences after played out, and he's like, this is my fault. And now he has to think back to what was his calling from God? Do this thing, and I will bless you, and I will bless all the people of the earth. 
See, that starts to mess up our head. What's going to happen now? Because I screwed up. You know, and this was... And this was Abram. And so he started figuring things out. And he started thinking, God, what's going to happen now? He started questioning God. He started started trusting, not trusting what God said. And here's the question. Is God faithful? He said something was going to happen. But the question is, is God faithful? That's the question that we're going to look to tonight. And through this whole story, that's the question. Is God faithful? Now, Abram starts to question it. Well, I messed up too bad. I don't think you can be faithful after that. So in chapter 15, verse 3, Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. So this is what Abram does. He says, I have a distant cousin. I don't have a son yet. You said you were going to bless me through lots of people. I was going to bless all the families through my son. I have a, a distant cousin. He can just be the blessing. How about that? He starts to figure it out because he doesn't trust what God's doing. And then in uh, verse 4 it says, And behold, the word word of the Lord came to him. And he says, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside. And then he said, Look towards the heavens and number the stars. If you can number them, then he said, So shall your offspring be. So here's God saying, listen, I said it once, and it's still true. Now I'm going to bless you with a son. Go outside, look at all the stars. There's a million, billion of them. That's how many kids you're going to have. And Abraham was super old at this point. He's trying to internalize this. But are you sure, God? Because didn't you hear what I just did? Didn't you hear what situation I was in? But God is still faithful. That's what it's going to say is God is still faithful despite what we can do. God continues to be faithful. And he actually makes a promise. He says, listen, it's going to be better. You're going to have a son. And this is so good. And um, he continues to talk about this um, blessing. In chapter 17, verse 1, it says, when Abram was 99 years old. This is an old guy right here. He was 99. And this is weird. Okay. It says, the Lord appeared to him, to Abram, and said, I am the Lord Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. He's giving a command. He says, be blameless. And now Abraham has to look at that and says, oh, I already wasn't, but I'll, I'll try. And he says, my covenant between me and you, and you may multiply you greatly. And then Abram fell on his face and said to God, behold, my covenant with, is with you, and you shall be a father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but you shall be called Abraham because you will be a father of many nations. This is God reestablishing what his faithfulness. This is just like reminding. Abraham now needs a reminder because we so easily forget who God is. So God says, listen, I'm going to switch everything up. You're our Abram. Now you're going to be called Abraham. And we forget about names. It's like, why are you changing his name? That's weird. Like, everyone's going to be like, hey, Abram. He's like, no, that's not me anymore. Um, But a name so much defines us. Like, when I came up here, you said, who is this guy? I said, hey, I'm Zach. And you're like, I don't care. But that's who I am. Like, I'm Zach. Um, 
so he changed here. He wanted to make a, such a drastic change in his life that he's like, I'm going to change the fundamental thing of who you are from Abram to Abraham, which Abraham literally means father of many nations. That's literally going to be your defining attribute is father of many nations. See, names, they come. So I play football with this guy, and um, I don't even know his real name, but everyone just called him Moose. He was a big boy. He was thick. His mama didn't name him Moose, but everyone called him Moose. Um, and he also wasn't too smart. And, you know, Moose was thick. And see, I don't know what point in his life when he was like one, was he like thick? I don't know. People are like, this guy's Moose now. But this guy, Moose, his attribute that so much defined him was his bigness. And maybe his dumbness, I don't know. But his, his bigness, he was a big boy. And it says, we're going to call you Moose. That's going to be your name. So this change drastically changed who he is. You know, and, and this is what's happening here. Um, so guess what? God is faithful because Abram, in his old years, can you remember your grandma? If anyone's got a great grandma of like 99 years old having a son, that'd be messed up, right? <laughs> it happened in the Bible. He's a God of miracles. So, Sarai, who God changed her name to Sarah, a normal name now, great. Sarah, um, she had a son, and his name was Isaac. Any Isaacs in the house? None. One. Great. Shout out. You're cool. Okay. So, now, Abraham and Sarah, they have a son. And he grows up, he's a boy, he's a young boy. Oh, guess what? God is faithful right now. We're seeing this. What God is saying is actually playing out. This is awesome. Okay, chapter 22. God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abram, Abraham now rose early in the morning, saddled up his donkey, and took two of his young men and his son to the mountain. So God says, hey, you know that son that you love? It seems like he's rubbing it in. Like you love him, right? Yeah. Go sacrifice him. What is going on here? We've just been talking about this whole time, God, how he's going to move for six chapters. For me, the whole time I've been talking up here is how God's going to move and God's like, oh, that? Oh, yeah. Sacrifice your son. This is messed up. Things get crazy. And see, this is the point where we read the Bible and when we live our life where we don't get it. We're like, um, you said one thing was going to happen, but then that thing changed. Or, I thought something was going to play out, but then something else happened. See, this is sometimes us in life. See, when I was about 12 years old, I went out. Some of you guys have been in the lake this summer. I went to the lake. I was 12. It was like my first time. I was having a good time uh, playing in the sand. And then my uncle had a boat, and my dad's like, hey, do you want to go tubing with on the boat? And I was like, I'm having fun on the sand. Do I want to go in that big body of water 
uh, being carried behind this metal propeller that could chop my head off going really fast. No, I don't want to do that. No, thank you. I'll play in the sand. And he's like, Zach, this is going to be so fun. Trust me. I'm like, what if I fall off? I can't swim. He's like, I'm going to be there. And if you're there, I'm going to save you. Okay? I was like, all right. I guess you love me. Let's try it out. So we go tubing. We're going around. We're going around. And then all of my sudden, my uncle, he starts driving in circles really slow. If you've been tubing, you know that this is the deadly washing machine. <laughs> the waves are going high. I was like, what's my uncle doing? We're going like seven feet waves. What's going on? And then all of a sudden, he turns on dime, whips through all the huge waves they just created, and we hit one of these things, and I go flying. 10 feet in the air, opposite direction of where my tube and my dad was. And I go smacking in the water. I go head first, I'm like, there's white water, I'm all around, I don't know what's going on. And I'm underwater for like five seconds, and I literally don't know which way's up. And all I can see is like the abyss, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to die right now. That's cool, my dad lied to me. <laughs> As I started like internalizing my fatal doom, and thinking how my dad tricked me for something that was, quote, fun, um, I was just like internalizing this as a 12-year-old, like, okay, life's horrible and nobody loves me. And I was just internalizing. All of a sudden, a hand comes down, rips me up out, and I'm back on the tube with my dad. And I was like, how did you do that? <laughs> See, I didn't get it. With the state of being I was in, I was like, there's no way he can save me. I'm dead. But my dad was like chilling. It was probably actually like one second. He's like, Oh, there's Zach. Save. See, this is what happens. God sees things how we don't. We can be in this state of like, what you, we got to kill Isaac now? What's going on? I got to do this thing in my life? I got to do that thing in my life? God, you're mental. You don't make any sense. But God's up there like, uh, one second, dude. Like, you're fine. That's sometimes how we go through life. This is that situation. See, um, Back then, just a little, let's look into history of what's actually going on there. Back then, um, all the other gods, there was God that we know, Yahweh, Lord Almighty, that we hear about in this. Um, there was other gods that people were worshiping. They actually demanded your firstborn sacrifice. So Abraham, Abraham's kind of in this state, and he's like, ah, I messed up. Like, and now God's asking me to do this thing. It wasn't that crazy. Because there needed to be atonement. There needed to be something to pay for the mistake that had been happened. Somebody had to pay. And, and Abraham, Abraham was actually, like, faithful. And he was going to do it. So he was just like, this is the situation. And again, he didn't get what was going on. And then, all of a sudden, it says, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. Abraham said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything from now on. Now that I know that you fear God, seeing that you would not withheld your son, your only son, which you love. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and look, behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket. And Abraham took the ram and used it as a sacrifice instead. See, this is the completion. It says, Abraham will be a blessing to all the earth. And guess what? He totally was. 
And this is what's true today. Because in the book of Matthew, if you look the first book of the New Testament, you can see that from the line of Abraham all the way down is Jesus. And Jesus is the Son of God. And Jesus came down to earth. He was fully God, fully man, God and God. He lived a perfect life. He was persecuted for a crime they didn't do. He loved people. He did miracles. And then he died on the cross. And he took on the sin, the sin that we deserve, the death that we deserve because we've messed up. Jesus was that perfect sacrifice that we need to be that. And through him was a blessing to all the earth. Listen, when I first heard this, I was mind blown. Some of you guys have been coming to youth for a long time. You've heard this story. You said, I know Jesus loves me. Great. But when I first heard this, I was in this state where I had to sit there and I was looking at all my friends, these girls that I had hurt, and I was sitting with this thing. And when I heard that Jesus died for me so that I might have a perfect relationship in him, everything changed for me. I was like, this is the perfect relationship I've been looking for. This is eternal happiness that I've been looking for. I was trying to find relationship and happiness in all these other things, in relationship with the girls. And I realized none of those would make me happy. None of those would ultimately satisfy me because the relationship that I was made for was the relationship with Jesus. And nothing would satisfy me but him. And he actually died to restore this relationship with me. That was crazy. I was like, I want in right away. You know, I wanted this to change my life. I wanted this to change my name. I didn't change it, but I wanted to change my name because I wanted everything. I wanted to be a defining factor of who I was. God is faithful. That's what we can take from this. God is faithful. He said he was going to bless all the families of the earth. Hey, you guys still on earth? He's blessed you. This is what it is. Through Jesus, through the line of Abraham, there's been a blessing. A new relationship can be offered in Jesus. And, and you know, maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you've been coming to Village Youth for a long time. Maybe you're just all bought in. Maybe your friend dragged me. I don't know. But I want to say that you have this opportunity today. You have this chance today that Jesus has a perfect relationship for you. And you might be thinking, no, you don't know me. You don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter. And yes, God does know what you've done. Because he said, I've done this. When he died on the cross, when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. And guess what? God is faithful, so we can trust that it's done. He's taken all those things that we've done and offered a, a new relationship with him. So I'm going to invite uh, the band up. And after this, we're going to enter a time of response. And I really want to encourage you guys. In this time, I want you to know that there's nothing that you've done that you can turn away the love of God. There's a new relationship in him that you can have. And as we enter this time of response, I want you guys to, if you want to talk to someone, if you want to pray with someone, there's going to be leaders in the back. They have name tags. Or, as I said, do it together. Ask the person beside you if they want to talk, if they want to pray with you. I really want to encourage you guys that this is a new relationship in him. All right, I'm going to pray and then we'll enter a time of worship. God.
Thank you for this day. Thank you for who you are. That you are faithful. That through all things, despite what we can see is going on in our life, you loved us. And you knew what we were going to do. And you knew what we are going to do. And you still sat on the cross. You hung there on a cross and said, it is finished. Jesus, I ask that you'd be in this room tonight. That we'd have an opportunity to go out of this room. I don't want to forget you the moment I go out of this room. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd be with us as we leave that we'd be able to love you as we leave from this moment. That even in those times when we don't know what's going on, we don't know which way's up, we don't know which way's down, we don't know how you could love us or how you have a plan in this moment, we can come to you and know that you said it is finished and we have this opportunity to do that. Jesus, we love you. Be with us in this time that we respond. In your beautiful, beautiful name we pray. Amen.